0: From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. The way we eat or should eat changes over time as our bodies age. Here with me in the HealthLink on Air studio is registered dietitian nutritionist Maureen Franklin. We're going to look at healthy dietary habits starting from birth and going into the golden ages. Thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me. What are the issues you hear about in terms of nutrition for kids?
1: Well, with kids, I think it's in terms of sometimes toddlers go through different stages. Kids go through picky eating stages, food jags, as as they call them, in terms of it, where parents get concerned in terms of it. And, you know, what, what are you going to do if your kid only will eat one certain food in terms of it? And I think that's a normal thing with, you know, childhood and what happens. It's uh, kind of that, this is what I like to do. So... Parents get concerned. I think the one thing you can always do is the more a better role model you are for the kids, the better it's going to be. Um, as I was doing this talk, I thought of my mom, and I love spinach, and I always thought she loved spinach. So I got to be a grown-up, and she said to me, "I hate spinach." And I thought, "Oh, okay, but I love spinach." So I think that's an important thing because sometimes when I talk to people, they're like, "Oh, I never had vegetables in my life, and I don't like vegetables." So I think the more we show our kids, and it's not to say you force a food on a child; it's just keep. Keep introducing a thing. They're going to make their own preferences, just like you do as an adult. But as a kid, I think we need to offer those foods to kids and show them. And I also think it's important with um, kids to get them excited about food. I think there's a lot more in schools that are doing as far as nutrition education. And I think that's a thing. Get them involved. You know, have them try a, a star fruit that they never done, and show them how to cut it and what it looks like and taste it. Those kinds of things, because I think that's the thing. It's helpful for the kids to know about good nutrition. And sometimes I think what kids can do is when we teach them in schools, they can bring things back to their parents also. So did your mom eat spinach? She and, ate spinach, and, and I never knew it until I was older that she hated <laughs> spinach, but I thought it was so cool of her. <laughs> wow. And my son loves spinach. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I know
0: um, added sugar is an issue that comes up. At what point is it, I don't know, what age should a should a child or, or should they ever um, get I don't know, a drink that
1: has added sugar in it? Well, I think we need to look at those choices in terms of are you offering your child a fruit punch, a fruit beverage, a fruit drink, or a fruit juice, or a fruit, all right? When you get into punches, beverages, drinks, we know that that's where the added sugar component comes in. Um, are we offering smaller glasses of fruit juice and then maybe water? What are we looking at in terms of good water intake? So I think added sugars is a, is a concept for everyone. We all need to look at it because I think it can be easily get into our diet without us thinking sometimes. Um, So I think for kids, yes, look at what you're offering your kids as far as beverages. What are your snack choices for your kids? Are you offering, you know, some fruit and maybe they're not ready for um, an apple yet, but they could eat maybe some chopped pineapple or canned pineapple packed in its own own juice, which can be a great choice as far as snack foods. I remember growing up, water and milk were sort of
0: that was it kind of
1: right yeah i think we grew up if you got a soda it was like a treat big treat you had to go to the movies and get a soda (laughs) so what's the best breakfast for kids what do you recommend I recommend what kids are going to like because I think that's an important thing. I think breakfast is a very important meal. Um, maybe it's going to be eggs. Maybe it's going to be peanut butter. Maybe it's going to be oatmeal. Maybe it'll be a cereal. But, again, that's where we get into the added concept. What kind of cereal might be a healthier choice for your child instead of something packed with a lot of sugar? Um, maybe we can make it more fun and we can put our own bananas in it and, and a few raisins, those kinds of things. Maybe we can make it fun and put... On our peanut butter on toast, we can put some bananas and raisins and make a smiley face. And we're getting, again, more more variety in those kinds of things. So it really depends on those preferences and what your child likes. And I know with today's age, it's all about we've got to have something quick. Um, So sometimes it's those kinds of things and saying, well, I can make up um, a breakfast burrito and I'll make a bunch of them on the weekends and I have them ready. So if I'm ready for a pressure and I got to go, boom, microwave.
0: So you mentioned speed, you know, and eating quickly, is grazing, is that, I mean, that's kind of popular with younger kids, is that a healthy way to eat? It can
1: be if you're aware of what they're doing, I think, because I think with kids, that's kind of their style, because they're so active and and busy, but I think we do have to be aware of what, what are we offering them for those grazing things, you know, what are our choices in terms of it, and again, looking at it, if they're grazing too much, then are they not sitting down and eating a meal, and are we letting the grazing become the majority of their caloric intake? Um, I think you have to be careful with grazing because I think for sometimes we do it as adults and people it's that mindless eating we've talked about so many times like I have no idea but I wow that pack of crackers is gone and I didn't know I ate it so I think it can help with kids because we know kids need more calories you know they're burning things they they need those carbs proteins fats they need those kinds of things but we've got to be careful to what extent we're not monitoring and watching it.
0: Well, is it safe to let kids sort of just eat until they're full? Or does a parent need to be uh,
1: mindful of the caloric intake? Um, I think it's probably more important for to you to be aware of your child's, um, their appetite and how they how are they full and feeling satisfied. I I always think it's important because when we have kids and we think about kids, kids go to a point and they can, and, and pediatricians talk about this sometimes, like your child might eat one day, you know, three days, they might eat the house and then the next day they're okay they kind of have that level in terms of their body kind of helps them figure that out and i think that's something we lose as we get older so i, I don't want parents to say oh you have to eat at 12 maybe a kid's not hungry at 12 but maybe they had a snack but it was a good snack but I, I do think you kind of have to monitor that because you need to look at what you're offering them and what is happening so i think it's more in terms of the whole are they getting fruits vegetables a little bit of protein maybe not so much zero in on calories for kids if there's a weight issue, maybe we need to look at portions. That's a thing in terms of it. But I think letting kids listen to what their appetite, I think that's an important thing for adults. We need to, Are we really hungry?
0: Now, in the teen years, when parents start sort of losing control over what their kids eat, what dietary issues do you
1: see arising? Well, with kids, um, there could be things in terms of they want to go vegetarian. They might want to go vegan. Um, they want might want to get towards low-carb if that's a new fad. And, again, you have to figure out why. If it's a choice and it's a vegetarian – I think then they need to do research with their children and, and look at what's what are good choices for a vegetarian. What might you be missing if you go vegetarian or if you go vegan in terms of it? Um, with teens, you also want to look at they need that calcium. I think it's just so important with teens in terms of that's when they can get that deposit of that calcium we call it like the, the bone bank in terms of it that is so important and are they changing that because are they concerned about their weight and so are they drinking a diet soda instead of having you know girls having a glass of milk or yogurt how are they changing to kind of come into their own in terms of you know what are they going against you for um and why you know if it's weight well okay you could still have a glass of skim milk for 80 calories and you're going to get a lot of bang of nutrition for that so I think those are some of the key things. What's changing within your child's life and why? Is it weight? Is it sports? What's happening in terms of it? Well, segueing into kind
0: of young adulthood, um, young people seem to be uh, the drive driving movement behind this uh, locally sourced food and mm-hmm. eating. Um, I wonder, does that
1: impact, does it have any impact on nutrition? I, th- I think a great impact because if you're going to the farmer's market, you're going to meet that farmer. You're going to know what they do. You're going to you're going to be able to talk to them. You're going to be able to find out about their practices. And when I go to the market, that market, they've been there since 6 o'clock in the morning, and they brought it from their fields with them, and you can talk... Um, And when we get it in the store, where did it come from? Has it been on a truck for, you know, 300 miles or 600 miles? Where is it coming from? So I think in terms of the availability and the good nutrient you can get it, I think it's great. I do think it kind of confuses people because people are so into that. Then people think, if I do not buy fresh, it is not good for me. And I think that's an important thing. You can buy frozen, and that's just the same, boom, from the field, frozen, good nutrients, retained in terms of it, you know, a lot of people don't like canned. Well, if you're concerned about sodium, you can rinse it, you can get rid of some of that extra thing. So, don't I love local and I support local, but I, I hate it when people say, Yes, I bought all this great f- fresh fruits and vegetables and it sat in my drawer and then I wasted money. So, if it's a time factor, if it's a kids' factor in terms of their games or those kinds, think about where you can go. I love frozen vegetables. I think they're probably one of the best inventions, um, along with that microwave.
0: <laughs> You're listening to Upstate's Health Link on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with registered dietitian nutritionist Maureen Franklin, and we're talking about how nutritional needs change at different stages of life. So, people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, um, adulthood, what are some of the things that uh, they need to be mindful of in terms of healthy eating?
1: Um, well, women of childbearing definitely need to be aware of if, if they are looking towards pregnancy. Um, uh, adequate folic acid intake iron intake and as those years progress we need to look at is there anything happening in terms of your own medical condition Um, you know is your blood pressure rising are your blood sugars creeping up as does the doctor talk about pre-diabetes what is your calcium intake and as with anything what's your weight because we know that's a big factor in terms of it and what's changing within your lifestyle are you more busy with your kids so you're not planning as much and are you going you know we talked about added sugars and processed foods are you going more towards that because of a time frame um, I think that's an important thing that people have to look at but their own medical things what's happening within you do you do you need to maybe make some changes in terms of the way so you that cook? may dictate that, some of what some of what those changes can be definitely. now
0: I see multivitamins that are made specifically for men and for women so mm-hmm. are the nutritional needs that Different between men and women? They working? differ
1: a little bit. Yeah. Um, again, um, there's some different requirements in in terms of it. So again, you might see one uh, a little different in terms of one vitamin versus another. Um, overall, I think the thing what we're looking for, we're still looking for calcium is important for men and for women. I think we've always thought of it as just women, but it's important for men. That vitamin D is important for everybody in terms of it. Um, iron changes as as with women with uh, menopause, our needs decrease. Um, can tend to have a little decrease in terms of that. for men, sometimes you'll see like men's vitamins without added iron, those kinds of things. So they changed a little bit, but the key thing is I think as we age, we probably tend we tend to need less calories because again, we're not burning in our whole metabolic rate, um, but we need those good nutrients. So it's not changing just because we're not 20 anymore doesn't need mean we need those good vitamins and nutrients. probably just need a little less calories, um, but the nutrients within those slight variations. Well, as people, as
0: we get into senior years or retirement years, um, as people get older, they they do seem to eat less. Is that because they don't need as many calories? Well,
1: some can be, they might not, but also can be, um, they might have a decrease in terms of their taste buds. They might have a decrease in terms of their appetite, maybe due to medications. Um, Isolation, I think, as people get older and they're not seeing people No one really likes to cook for themselves. They don't like to cook for one meal. Finance has become an issue. So I think that's an important thing. That can change your eating pattern. And again, with that, you can be susceptible to possibly nutritional deficiencies because of that. Um, And again, that's where we need to look at. We need adequate hydration. Get that water in. Get some good calcium. Get some protein in. Look at what you're doing. Um, You know, again, same as we talked in adulthood, your medical situation is going to be a little dependent on it too. So I don't think people necessarily eat less because they think they're supposed to. I think sometimes there's factors that contribute to them eating differently. So someone in their
0: 70s still needs protein, carbs, and fats. Fats. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, well, what about vitamins? Do vitamins end up um, helping with that? In terms of? Well, do vitamins? Would that help uh, make sure someone gets the nutrients that they need? If that could older?
1: be like a, a kind of like a, a check system in terms of it, if you have any doubts in terms of it. Um, probably another topic, but again, you got to be careful in terms of not overdoing it in terms of vitamin supplementation. So, you know, years ago we used to say, "Oh, you don't need a vitamin." Then they said, "Oh, maybe it's a good idea to have just one kind of as a backup in terms of it." So again, I think from an individual standpoint. You, same thing. You need to look at what you're doing. Are you low in calcium? Are you low in vitamin C? Um, did your doctor tell you you're going towards osteo? You know, you're heading towards osteoporosis. So, that might require different takes on it. Maybe a supplement and those kinds of things. But again, something to talk with your doctor about. So, if preparing
0: meals becomes more challenging, or or maybe dental issues makes eating more difficult, you know, as you as you get older, are there other nutritional options for older people to make sure that they ingest? What they need. Oh, you mean like supplements and those kinds or of things? Or shakes or shakes. shakes
1: and- um yeah, there are. Um they tend to be a costly thing sometimes. Oh. And again, I tend to promote if you can, if you're going towards soft things, I would rather someone look at, okay, what kind of soft things can I get that are still gonna be good nutritionally, like maybe it's gonna be cottage cheese. Um, maybe it's gonna be cream tuna fish which is my favorite and ages me totally um or it could be you know cream chicken over mashed potatoes um and maybe i can add a little you know green beans to that those kinds of things i my preference is always look at what you can do in terms of food first and um supplementations yes there's medical situations that we might need it for but i would my preference is for people to look at what they could do in terms of their food intake first
0: In young adulthood, uh, I'm thinking college students um, living on a tight budget, ramen noodles, macaroni and cheese from a box, are those good choices for someone nutritionally on a budget?
1: Um, Well, let's say if they fit within your budget, they can work, but you probably could do other things to help maybe improve them from a nutritional standpoint. So could you take ramen noodles and maybe have half of a package and then maybe add some vegetables possibly that or maybe some canned tuna or scramble up some eggs, maybe put a little salsa in them. So I think they could serve as your base. There's kind of like they're your carb choices in terms of it, but don't make them that's your sole choice in terms of it. How can you take those and improve them a little bit? And I think by quick easy things like some of the canned products, canned vegetables, frozen vegetables, you could easily make it a, you can make it a meal and a very economical meal. Wonderful. Well, thank you
0: so much for this overview. Thanks for my, having me. My guest has been registered dietitian nutritionist Maureen Franklin. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show Health Link on Air.